0: It takes more than great Levenstein distance algorithm skills to be a great software engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 92. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show for software developers. Why did you come up with
1: Levenstein distance? Where did that come from?
0: (laughs) I used it at work this week.
1: Oh, wow. You're like the fabled 1% developer that uses computer science stuff.
0: We, I'm telling you, I... I read all these tweets about people who don't use computer science at work and I've been that developer I think a lot and I think it's very actually very common but I use it a lot at my current job. <laughs> so their interview strategy is probably pretty good for the work <laughs> that they do then. <laughs> There's probably a bunch of developers here that don't but I certainly do and my team does and and it's cool. still not like it's not like I spend all day perusing algorithms and, and computer science theory. It's
1: like, you know... <laughs> oh, another thing I need to sort. Better write Quicksort again. <laughs>
0: wow, we really need a better sorting algorithm. Dave, Dave, you go work on that. Just, Dave, just, <laughs>
1: just implement Quicksort for us real quick. We ran out of the last one that you, that and, you did.
0: And, and can you do it on a whiteboard? Because that's what we really need.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we need a picture of Quicksort, not the code. <laughs> All uh. right. Uh, I'd like to thank Dustin Coates for being a Patreon donor. He's donating at the tier where we thank him every week and we would do it anyways because we love him so much. (laughs) If you would like to donate, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash softskillseng. There's also a link on our website at softskills.audio and money that we get uh, via Patreon goes towards equipment. It goes towards equipment, design, editing. Um, The Gore-Tex Ball Pit Fund is a stretch goal for us. So we'll get there someday. And if you enjoy the show, if you've benefited from listening, we would love your support. Yeah, thank you. All right, Jameson, would you like to read our first question today? I would love to. This is from an anonymous listener. A previous job involved a coworker who over time became very difficult to get along with. I did my best to talk through it with him, but he would only ever say I needed to fix my attitude, in air quotes. (laughs) I decided to deflect and avoid conflict, but he would continually impose himself on the situation. He would assign himself to review my code, come into my cube and demand my help, etc. I have a good relationship with the rest of the team and they all agreed that he was out of line. Yet management viewed the situation as simply friction between two devs with no clear instigator. Being a source of team friction is career death and I'm personally embarrassed that anyone got that impression of me. How can I or other listeners handle this situation so I don't get painted as part of the problem?
0: Oh, ouch um well you're either part of the problem or oh no you're either part of the solution or you're part of the precipitate
1: <laughs> that's the okay yeah <laughs> that's the thing people have said before
0: <laughs> i don't know why that occurred to me i just Bush love that answered. joke <laughs> it's oldie but a goodie right or you not? also
1: use your chemistry skills a lot it's weird that they asked you about titration in the in your interview but it has come up a lot
0: <laughs> computer science and chemistry yeah they go together like oil and water <laughs> how many kids do you have uh i have five kids
1: i feel like you are an expert on the manager's view of this situation <laughs> like two kids are just slapping each other and you're just like calm down back there i don't care who started it i'll end it <laughs> <laughs> probably in a nicer tone of voice
0: so actually, if you going if you want to use that analogy, I do think all my kids that are part of the problem <laughs> like anyone who participates in the disagreement like you're all part of the problem.
1: hmm and
0: and you know what? not a single time has any one of my kids after a disagreement come up to me and said, "Dad, you know, I want to start being part of the solution. What, how would you advise me? <laughs>
1: When I get poked in the eye over and over again in the car ride, it makes me feel upset. And sometimes I overreact. I would like to do better, Dad. What, what would you advise?
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyone? I tried kids.
1: calling my sister ugly, and it didn't help. It just made it worse.
0: Oh, oh man. Any, anyone who's even seen a sitcom involving kids knows how absolutely improbable that is. Yeah. So I can see, like, with that attitude, I can see why this listener feels like they may have gotten lumped into the part of the problem group
1: here. Yeah.
0: And that sucks, right? It sucks to be seen that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Have you tried to booby trap your cubicle? I mean, you could defend <laughs> against all these <laughs> avenues that you've exposed yourself to this person <laughs> with. Um, so uh, a pit, not of spikes, but of soft plastic balls. Yeah. <laughs> You, I mean, you'd probably have to put some malware onto his computer to interfere with his ability to review code. Or, I mean, no, it's probably a web-based app. You could just hack that instead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you just got to close yourself off even more. <laughs>
0: <sighs> huh. I was actually thinking that the the real problem here is it's not that management sees your problems, but rather that there's no bigger problem for them to see. So if, you, <laughs> <laughs> if if you could spread some false rumors about some other teammates and make them get into disagreements with each other that are really heated, you know, so it, okay, has, to yeah. be, it has to be pretty juicy stuff, then <laughs> management won't even notice your little problem anymore.
1: Okay, so discord among the teams so that you and... In- Grumpy Gus, look like you get along relatively well.
0: Yeah, relatively well. Like <laughs> okay. You just have to be slightly quieter than the squeakiest wheel.
1: <laughs> I feel like if I ever ran for office, Dave, I would want you as my campaign manager. <laughs>
0: this is this kind of crap actually works great, I think, for politicians.
1: Um, I'm, like, I'm oh, just I'm, listening.
0: I'm so glad that hurricane hit so I can get away with this <laughs> scandal. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm listening to this podcast about Watergate and apparently as part of the run up to the 1970 whatever election nixon's campaign purposefully sabotaged the campaign of their toughest opponent on the other opposite party side so that the person who won the nomination would be way easier to defeat in the general election oh. they like provided them a free driver who worked as a volunteer for their campaign and they paid this driver a bunch of money every month to just mm-hmm. copy all of their documents and like is <laughs> really shady
0: (laughs) and then did they cause a hurricane so that they wouldn't (laughs) the news wouldn't Uh, latch onto them
1: they probably tried there was some plot involving drugs and prostitution and kidnapping that oh my gosh it was a plan i don't think it ever was carried out but they were working on it so i guess there's a lot of room to escalate that's that's the point here
0: (laughs) (laughs) and these skills will take you all the way to the white house
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, So at the very beginning of my software related career, I I was just a year into school about and I worked as a QA and data entry person at this local software company that is just a dumpster fire. It was then and it still is, even though it limps along to this day. And their head programmer was really hard to get along with. He had been there for a long time. He was just really abrasive and he didn't like me, but every day at 445, he would just come into my office that I, the one I shared with a bunch of people just like stand behind my desk and talk to me. And it became this weird end Hmm. of day ritual for him. I think he was like done working, but he couldn't go home yet. So he's just like, I'll just go terrify Jameson. (laughs) I don't know. And one time to try and get him off my back or make it less awkward, I I tried to bring up this bug I found at work. And the bug was if you click this checkbox really fast in the web app, it sometimes doesn't register clicks in Mm -hmm. this certain browser. Mm -hmm. And he just grabbed my mouse and took it and put it over the checkbox and very deliberately and slowly clicked, click, click. (laughs) click click and it worked every time and then he just (laughs) sat there silently and looked at me it's
0: like works for me idiot (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh
1: and then uh i quit later because i hated it there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but that was that i don't know
1: that wasn't quite the same but that's the closest i've come to like serious friction between someone on the team
0: okay plot twist that engineer was me what? <laughs> Just kidding. It I, wasn't, it I'm wasn't pretty really sure me. he
1: still works there, so it can't be you. Or you are pulling off some impressive feats of of cloning. <laughs> well, no, not that impressive because it's not a very good clone. Uh, you've you've done some weird stuff though. <laughs> <laughs> Made some weird design choices. Yeah, I gotta look at this person. Yep, still there. Oh man. <laughs> That's a long time to work at one place. Holy cow. How many years? 13 years. Okay. The same little company. hmm. Well, you know, he's built a little empire and he gets to rule the roost. Why would you leave that? That is maybe kind of a joke, but that's absolutely the truth.
0: Think about how many hundreds of poor QA engineers he has terrorized.
1: (laughs) Deliberately or accidentally. Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, anyway. (laughs) So
1: that won't help you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. it helped me to get it off my chest though
0: yeah but you feel better now
1: <laughs> yeah i feel a lot better We maybe we could do some role play uh work through how i would deal with that situation now
0: are we really stretching this much to where we're like i don't have any directly applicable stories to this question But <laughs> here's something yeah, i just wanted to, to tell this story
1: <laughs> so I wonder if anyone else on the team has issues with this difficult to get along with coworker. Oh, I'm sure it was um, just
0: you based on that interaction. That was perfectly reasonable. <laughs> oh, well,
1: in my situation it he definitely had a reputation um, but I feel like in our question asker situation, oh, it's I Oh, feel like, sorry.
0: We changed subjects back to the uh, back to the <laughs> Dave, come on. Answer the question.
1: What are you doing getting off topic like that? Um, yeah, I feel like... I mean, sometimes there are personalities that just conflict, but I feel like if someone is being what seems like deliberately obstructive or, or I don't know what the word is, what would the word be? If they're uh, deliberately seeking conflict, mm-hmm. I feel like they would have conflict with other people too.
0: Yeah, if they were going after it, sure. Those people are pretty rare though.
1: Okay. Um so you you think it is just like a case of these two people just do not mix at all? Well. And they mix it's, better with other I don't,
0: people. it's hard to say, but based on the question, it says here, I have good relationships with the rest of the team mm-hmm. and they agreed that he was out of line, but management viewed the situation differently. So I would say this is probably, um, it could be a case of just two personalities that, that collide and it's limited to these two. It's probably not, but uh, it could be. But management doesn't see it that, or management does see it that way. And that's the problem we need to address, I think, is to get yeah. management to see this for what it is, which is um, the listener here is trying to smooth it over and make things right. And and uh, and he's not part of the problem, or it does at least he doesn't want to be.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what would you do? I mean, he's he's tried kind of avoiding the situation. And it turns out if you work on the same team in the same building and you're not willing to like... To handcuff someone to their desk <laughs> it's pretty hard to just completely prevent them if they want to from talking to you or yeah, posing sure. themselves on the situation for sure so what should he do
0: well I, I would i would probably do two things the first thing i would do is i would do some real soul searching and self-assessment here and try as hard as possible to objectively look at the situation and say what am i doing to contribute to the tension and this is actually in my experience this is hard to do it's hard to get an accurate answer out of yourself because your brain will trick you. Right? Like it it the survival instinct of I'm not doing anything wrong is so strong. <laughs> yeah. You know. But if you have a trusted coworker who has seen these situations unfold, I would go to them and say, "Look, I just want to know anything you think I'm doing wrong. Don't worry about hurting my feelings." let me know what i what you think i could do and just try to get out of them by the way even if you do that you're still going to get a sugar coated version because no one likes to give harsh feedback it's really hard to give yeah but that that's how you can start to approximate what your contribution to this tension might be and i would make sure that i fully explore that to see if maybe there is something that i can do to to turn this around and and sometimes it's just a matter of meeting someone in the middle like they've got a preference on how they like to interact with people and uh, you've got a different set of preferences. They're both perfectly reasonable preferences, but the intersection is where they get into trouble.
1: Mm. They just don't overlap.
0: Yeah, or they're, they they or they're opposed to each other. you know like I like to do it this way. He likes to do it that way. Uh, when we yeah. come
1: together, it it collides.
0: Mm. I don't know that's but that's how I would start. That was that was just step one. What do, what do you think about yeah. that?
1: I think that's great. I can imagine you'd talk to your trusted coworker. They take a deep breath. They look you in the eye and they say, there is the smell. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great, though. I mean, imagine if they give you a thing that you didn't know was Mm -hmm. an issue that is easily fixable.
0: With, yeah, like with the $3 product from the grocery store. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that advice so far. Give me the next step.
0: I, before we go on to the next step, I will say, be careful not to let this turn into a spiral where, you know, it, it, you dwell on it too much because at some point you need to stop and say, okay, let's stop the introspection. I, I don't want to like swirl into this like, you know, black hole of, well, maybe it's this weird thing I do or maybe it's that weird thing. Yeah, I do. you,
1: yeah you don't want to just like radically attempt to change your personality mm-hmm. to be compatible with this person who you feel like is being unreasonable. <laughs> yeah that's definitely true so step what two what if I bake awesome. them cookies every day <laughs> bring them to their office that might what not what if I hurt? just do all their work for them
0: <laughs> no no let me take that bug for you but you can keep your name on it in Jira <laughs>
1: have a small sample of my salary
0: <laughs> ask your boss to route like 10% to their account yeah
1: we're just trying to formalize the Bully beating me up and taking my lunch money approach with HR.
0: <laughs> We're just automating it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it saves everyone effort. It's great. Okay, so step two is where I would actually go to my manager for advice. Now, I specifically said manager. I want to go to the person who has the impression that I'm part of the problem. And I want to ask them for advice and say, like, you know, you've noticed that there's some tension between this coworker and, and myself. I want to make it right. What would you do in my situation? How can I contribute to this solution? Now, here's the trick, though.
1: (laughs) Here's the Dave Smith campaign manager (laughs) twist.
0: (laughs) Dude, just I mean, you just keep following this podcast and you will get to the White House. (laughs) You might not be able to stay there very long, but you'll get there. (laughs) Here's the twist. When you go to your manager, they may or may not give you good advice, but just by asking the question you are showing them that you want to solve this problem and that you're being proactive about it and that you don't want to be part of the solution this is how you can help to dispel this false you do want to
1: be part of the solution what did i say you said don't want to be part of the solution
0: okay i meant the opposite i meant whatever the good thing is to say okay (laughs) cool got it (laughs) so you want to make sure they know that you don't want to be part of the problem yeah yeah and uh that's all you're doing here. And so the advice they give, it might turn out to be useful or it might not. It doesn't matter. This is just a delivering a message and uh, they'll get the message, I think.
1: Yeah, I think especially if you have information from step one where you looked at mm-hmm. your own behavior, maybe you talked to some colleagues, got their feedback, tried these things and it didn't work. I think that's pretty powerful too, to say I tried to solve it this way and I'm still struggling. Um, what do you think I can do? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, oh yeah that's a great idea super good
1: huh so what, what do you think the outcome is say you do this you your manager gives you some advice it's probably pretty useless it's probably vague and inspirational
0: <laughs> right just philosophical theoretical
1: whatever business book your manager last read <laughs> yeah it's probably th- through that lens yeah <laughs>
0: So what ha- what'll happen is the next day you'll come to work and your coworker will be packing his stuff into a cardboard box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you just glare at him and some House of Cards music comes on in the background. <laughs> You've climbed one more step. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um i, I mean the, the practical outcomes of this I, so one of them is your manager thinks you're not part of the problem you're part of the solution but it, it's it's possible that it doesn't actually change anything about this difficult relationship with a coworker. yeah yeah it, so but at least it's not all your fault right
0: that's that's right i mean to me the the Big question here is, that this listener asked is, "How can I handle the situation so I don't get painted as part of the problem?" And yeah. that—that's that's my answer to that question. To actually fix your relationship with this coworker, I think is a is actually a harder thing to do than mm. to fix the optics that you've got with your management.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll just paper it over then.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just put some wallpaper right up on the wall there, cover up the mold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And sign it with your name and make sure <laughs> yeah. your colleague's name does not end up on that wallpaper. That's right. Cool. Um, I think that's really good advice, Dave. I,
0: I do think this is a hard situation. I've been in this situation two times that I can remember, maybe three if I go back. Yeah, I think maybe three times over the last 15 or so years. Um and in all three cases, I tried to make it clear to my management that I, I'm aware of the tension and I'm trying to work on solutions to solve it. And in one case, uh, I even told the manager, I said, look, I will do anything to make sure this team is successful. And if this tension gets in the way of that, I'll do whatever it takes. I told him that and, and he had some ideas for me and they were good ideas and uh, mm-hmm. and it helped a lot. And and it definitely painted a clear picture in my manager's mind of uh, where my attitude was at and I ultimately went on to be very successful at that company and I definitely mm-hmm. had the trust of management uh, and I think that that piv- that pivotal moment where I made it clear to my manager that through my words and actions I was willing to do whatever it takes to have a productive working relationship uh with the with the whole team is a big part of why uh they trusted me so hmm. I, I think it's a good thing That's to cool.
1: Do. Awesome. All right, well you've answered the question. I sure
0: you you had a great listened. story. <laughs> I listened.
1: A very applicable the, the, story.
0: <laughs> this is this is actually an opportunity, I think. Um you have management's attention. It's not positive attention, but it can become that, I think. So, don't squander it. Cool. It's your time right. to shine. <laughs>
1: Okay, Dave, do you want to read the next question?
0: Yeah, sure. This one comes from an anonymous listener who says, I've recently started a new job. I really think I had all the information when considering the offer from former colleagues who had joined my new company, recommended me, and they all genuinely enjoyed their new job and gave glowing recommendations. I might be slightly bitter about not negotiating for a higher salary. They were happy to give me the number I asked for, but I have since found out that another former colleague turned them down for much more, I'm assuming from another company. Still, it was a noticeable improvement for me, and I got to switch programming languages too, so I don't know exactly how I feel. I started the new job. I'm in the probationary three-month period common in the UK. I'm enjoying the work slightly less. The culture is a bit more clinical, less community feeling, and the problems being solved aren't necessarily impacting the world as much. I feel more like a replaceable cog. I currently feel if I was paid more, I wouldn't mind any of that stuff. But I was wondering if you've been in a situation or have any advice. I guess I could follow the usual advice and look for another job. But do you think I could negotiate? I could renegotiate at my current job. Will sticking around for one year plus, regardless, be the best thing to do here?
1: Hmm. So they got recruited to this company, um, got... An, an offer or, or made an offer that was accepted i guess mm-hmm. for salary found out someone else could have potentially made way more and
0: mm-hmm. the
1: work is a little bit less satisfying
0: right but well like the culture is less satisfying let's see
1: yeah yeah i guess he doesn't really say the work he got problems the switch being solved aren't necessarily impacting the world as oh, much okay
0: so yeah so the work in the culture is not as great but he's making more money he got the yeah. switch programming languages And he got exactly what he asked for, but it turns out what he asked for was too low.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I really think I had all the information when considering the offer. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) That
0: lesson learned. You never have all the information when you're considering an offer.
1: Yeah. You said you had all the information and then you list a bunch of stuff you didn't know when considering the offer, (laughs) 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 the culture, the problems being solved, the salary difference between you and a potential other colleague that didn't end up working there. Mm-hmm. I've never before my, my current job, I've never made a very deliberate effort to find out a lot about the company. I've, I've always been pretty cavalier about the job search process. I yes, you about have. that a little bit more so than um, anyone I know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't died yet. Guess it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a product of the times, not yes. of how awesome I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's a product um,
0: of both. Come on, be honest.
1: Okay. Well, I'll take it. Uh but anyways, I, I have been much more deliberate about this job search, and I know way more about the company and the culture and the team before joining than I ever have before. And even then, there's still things I've found out since accepting the offer um that it would have been nice to know beforehand. I don't I don't know. It's it's hard to hard to know.
0: Yeah. You spent like weeks researching this job, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't full-time weeks, but the, the total job search was probably like six weeks from when I first started interviewing to when I accepted the, the offer I ended up accepting.
0: And you had like lots of emails back and forth, lots of questions. Yeah. Yeah. With,
1: with this specific job I ended up taking, I think I, there was a standard interview process and then I, I did a bunch more. I talked a lot more with the recruiter and I talked a lot more with my boss Mm -hmm. And it was really helpful. I feel like it answered a lot of questions. But even then, I still have a lot of things I found out after accepting. Yep. But none of them have changed the overall feeling. I'm still still excited about it. Mm -hmm. I I think the point of this rambling is, you know now that you didn't have all the information and you might have done things differently. What could you have asked or done knowing what you knew at the time to find out before accepting? Because it's kind of unfair to say like, I already work here, so obviously I would have asked about this I don't know problem employee or this project <laughs> yeah. that I started on that got cancelled you wouldn't have known that but there's there's stuff that you could have known when you accepted that you could have asked about I mean the culture it can be hard to get a good feel for it but you can get some feel over it. The problems being solved aren't necessarily impacting the world as much that's kind of core to what the company is doing i feel like you you should know that before you work there he
0: probably did he probably did know that
1: okay so maybe it was like but it won't matter because i'm working with this cool team this cool technology
0: i'm gonna guess here that the real thing he didn't know was that the number the salary number he was asking for was actually lower than they would have given him yeah and that's the thing that's really getting his goat
1: yeah yeah i think you're right it feels like the core of this is maybe a little bit of of feeling a little bit hurt That you don't feel as valued by them as this friend or colleague.
0: So they negotiated for as low a salary as they possibly could. You negotiated for as high a salary as you thought reasonable. And now you're dissatisfied. Yeah. Companies always have more information in the salary negotiation phase. They know how much they're paying all the other team members, all your peers, and probably even more teams. And so when you come to the table and you're like, how about X? They go back and they go, let's compare that to our gigantic corpus of salary data that we have personally amassed with our own employees and see how yeah. that falls. Oh, look, it's low. Okay, great.
1: <laughs> you know, Yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not going to give you more. <laughs> at uh,
1: my last full-time job at, at Koali, the person that was building the team actually counter offered with a higher number to <laughs> one of my colleagues. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they asked for X and he was like, that's a little low. How about X plus Ten thousand or something like that i I don't know know what the numbers were so the company actually
0: came back and said that's too low
1: yeah the company (laughs) he he negotiated his employee up (laughs) (laughs) that's Um, really cool that was like a really strong cultural value he wanted people to be paid fairly and paid well Mm -hmm. and it's much easier to do when it's your own company that you are starting and you control everything yeah (laughs) yeah, that's a value hold but that's I, i understand why that's not common in industry yeah so you have all these colleagues. I wonder if, did you talk to them about salary? I guess it can I'm be kind of uncomfortable yeah. if you're going to work together to say, how much do you make? Then maybe yeah. they'll all be mad at each other. <laughs> <laughs> but but they have pretty strong salary information about how the company pays. That's a pretty good source of information. You talked about the, Dave, you mentioned the, the information imbalance there. Mm-hmm. And if you have all these friends there, then that's a good source. I mean, we've talked about like Glassdoor and all those things, and how yeah, they're hard to read. Relatively unreliable they are, yeah. but people that work there are a great source. Yeah, so you, you, could, and, you and, could. and you don't even have to, you don't even have to say how much do you make. You could just say, "I'm negotiating salary. What, what what do you think is reasonable?"
0: Yeah, what should I ask for?
1: Yeah, and then that gives them a that gives them a way to divorce it from saying how much they make, and then yeah. you say, "Well, that Ooh. seems low. I'll ask for this." And that's I don't
0: know. good. That's great. You could get a nice sanity check. That's a good idea. Okay, so now now that he's hired... i had one.
1: One on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. One good idea.
0: <laughs> so now that he's hired, what are his options? Can he go back and say, you know, the culture here sucks. The work's not that great. But if you pay me 10% more, I would be happy.
1: <laughs> I need a quality of life bonus. <laughs> <laughs> like a hardship bonus or something. <laughs> Is that even on the table, you think? my internal politeness and and etiquette meter is like exploding at the thought of that but i don't <laughs> i don't actually know i just feel like it would be so rude to ask you know that i assume they'd just laugh it off so needless
0: to say you've never done this
1: oh heck no no i've never been like you know i don't like it as much as i thought i would it's it's like a protection racket <laughs> like <laughs> it'd be a shame if i quit cuz i don't like it and also i got paid lo- <laughs> like, not 20. enough money.
0: Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, i've never i've never heard or seen this uh myself either.
1: Yeah, it feels it feels weird. It feels like you would have to adjust it in the regular raise or promotion cycle. Yeah, i think if, But i don't know i don't know why besides just like that just seems weird.
0: Yeah, i don't think there's any Yeah, i I don't know why either. But i think if you're going to make the adjustment, you need to get your boss as early as possible and say, hey, at the next race cycle, I want to be making X. So get me on track for that. What do I need to do? Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can go back after just a couple months and say, Yeah, you know what? I negotiated poorly, give me 10%. Unless you really came in really low. And then they might actually feel guilty and they might be like, Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I felt terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I feel that is unlikely. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I think especially if part of the case is your pay is out of line with your peers, mm-hmm. that's, that's a much stronger case to say I'm doing good work and I think I'm worth X and I'm also out of line with, with what I feel like this role is paid at at the company. Um, so I think it's still valuable to talk to your colleagues about salary. It could be that this coworker or this this potential colleague who turned down a much higher offer was some wild outlier. Maybe they had incredibly specialized knowledge or maybe they were like dating the CEO's child or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There, there could be some more information there that, that makes that an unreasonable number to shoot for. So I still think it's it's useful to find out more salary information. If everyone around you is making uh, close to you, then I think you can still definitely ask for more money, but it's a different discussion than I'm quite underpaid compared to my peers, and also I'm doing good work. So I think, yeah, I think no matter what, it's worth it to talk to your colleagues about salary.
0: Hmm, interesting. I think there was a recent law or a bill in one of the U.S. states that said- California. Yeah. What was the deal there?
1: Oh, they have a couple. One of them is you can't be forced to tell your previous salaries.
0: Oh, during during negotiation and interviewing.
1: Yeah. And then there's another one about um, it's it's illegal for a company to forbid you from discussing your salaries.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Right.
1: I don't know if that's California only or U.S., as space lawyers, we really look at it <laughs> from a higher level, at a more planetary oh, yeah. or, or even solar system level. And yeah,
0: these arbitrary boundaries of states and countries are
1: just, yeah, we don't see those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> humans somewhere have this law. Yeah, that's what we see.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I feel bad saying this though. It's kind of we're kind of saying you missed the boat. But I mean, it's kind of true. But the the point where you have by far the most leverage over a company is where they want you to work there and you do not yet work there. Yeah. Once you work there, the the cost for you to quit, that's like the ultimate threat. Do this or I quit. That's kind of like the implied threat behind all negotiations, even if it's not really on the table. And it, it's really annoying to quit. You might have to move your life, your family, if you have one. You have to go get a different job. It's expensive. So it's a lot harder to say you want me to be here and I'm not here yet. That's the opposite of what I want to say. I think I'm just done. I think I'm going to end it there. (laughs) (laughs) We should share a link to Patrick McKenzie's
0: excellent article on the topic of salary negotiation for engineers. Sure. I know you've read that one uh, years ago. Um, I think you said that that article has made you $100,000 over the course of your career.
1: Probably. I, I should like sit down and calculate it. But that before I read that article, I didn't know that you could just ask for more money sometimes in salary <laughs> negotiations. And sometimes they would say yes. Right. So I think if you if you just tracked like, here's what I would have gotten if I didn't negotiate at every job, it, it'd be quite a lot. I don't know what the exact number is, but somewhere around that order. of And magnitude. then
0: you carry that year over year. Right. So- yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Because at, if you make 5000 more at your first job, that means your second job. Your base will be five thousand higher, and That's then right. you probably get another raise, and yeah,
0: which is a percentage of the five thousand. So it's just out of control compounding. So yeah. we should definitely share that article. I didn't read it until this year. So unlike Look Jameson, how horrible probably, your life has been. I know I've probably lost a hundred thousand dollars. I could be driving a Tesla with that money.
1: Oh man, you can have one of mine, Dave, as an <laughs> article reader. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i know you have a spring tesla and a winter tesla because the colors can't be the same so i'll take yeah there's no
1: white after labor day so my (laughs) my spring tesla is black
0: oh man Uh, i'll tell you what that sucks it sucks that we expect candidates to make such an impactful decision with such limited information when they're negotiating you know yep you just don't have all the facts. And and I think this is actually why a lot of people are scared to quit their job and, and get a new job. Because you're walking into a big field of unknowns. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, the whole thing is just stressful. But, you know, like anything, you got to practice it to get better at it. So uh, this was a good practice run, I think, for this listener who learned the hard way that there is money to be made for people who are willing to do a few jump through a few extra hoops during salary negotiation if they ask the right questions and have the right information and uh maybe you'll learn for next time but i think you're out of luck until the next race cycle at your current company just because of etiquette and no other reason
1: yeah Yeah. if someone has done that let me know because i would love to hear yeah love to hear how it went
0: yeah me too I'm, I'm surely someone has done this i mean it's not like written in stone or anything i mean yeah yeah you could very well go ask for more money and they could say yeah we'll do it but it's got to be at a six month boundary or something i mean there's going to be some policy probably
1: you know yeah yeah good luck to you uh i had a thing i was gonna say i think it's gone
0: i bet it was gonna be awesome
1: yeah i'll just find some inspirational gandhi quote and paste it in here <laughs> what was it it's to, i think it was something about like salary not being the most important contributor to happiness oh
0: yeah okay i bet i know what you're gonna say because i had a, a similar thought and we usually okay, you think- say it
1: and if it's good i'll claim it okay w- it was my thought
0: i was gonna say let's just for a thought exercise, let's just say that you were underpaid by 10% at this company and you're suddenly they turned around and said, you know what? We want to give you a 10% raise. Would that actually fix all of your concerns and say, ah, yes, my life is back in balance. Now I'm slightly dissatisfied with my team and the product, but 10% more money did the trick. And now I'm happy. Like, yeah, I, I kind of doubt that. I, and by the way, I made up 10%. I don't know if that's the real number, but I kind of doubt that any reasonable amount of, you know, raise in that, ballpark would actually make a big impact in your life and make you feel better.
1: I think it is more about feeling valued. I think that's the core yeah. of it. Because I, I think you're right. 10% after taxes and everything it over spread out over however many paychecks you get in a year. Yeah, it's not much. It, it is a lot of money, but it's it's not going to radically change your life. Exactly. I think it, would, I think yeah. it is much more about feeling like the company values me at this amount. Yeah. And they're they're showing that through the way that companies communicate, which is money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that would maybe affect your perspective on the rest of the work. That maybe there's less of a community feel in the way our team interacts, but they really take care of me financially. And that's how I feel a community with them or something yeah. like that. Yeah, salary is an interesting thing. It I, I feel like when I first start thinking about it, it seems very cold and calculating and and almost clinical Mm -hmm. and then it gets into all these fuzzy human feelings too it's it's numbers but it's also much more about how we feel as people
0: it's a salary is a language it's a language that business speaks to you and it's how one of the things they express with that language is how much they value you and that's that's feels yeah right in the feels
1: yeah so if you are a company or a manager that wants to value people and you can't just pay them more money I mean, try that. <laughs> but if you can't, there there might be other ways to make people feel valued to to make up for not having the budget to just give everyone a ten percent raise. Give everyone a ten percent corporate hug. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hmm. Well, good luck to you. Listener. Yeah, good
0: luck. This will be good. I think it'll be a good lesson and um you know, worst case scenario. Wait. Best case scenario, you make a ton more money and then you can drive a winter Tesla. <laughs> finally all right uh well, how, where should people go jameson if they want to get their own questions answered
1: they should go to softskills.audio. there's a button on there called ask a question um the question volume has slowed down a little bit maybe over the holiday break people just felt like they were more interested in food than questions <laughs> about <laughs> software related soft skills oh man but keep them coming I don't know why you'd make such a poor decision. <laughs> I, I'm more
0: interested in food than soft skills, just so you
1: know. Oh, Dave, I'm hurt. This podcast nourishes me. I go without food to do it. Um, I yeah, send eat. us your questions. <laughs> actually, that's true. You do eat literally every single time we record before we start.
0: Yeah, I do it in that order. Um, If if you like the podcast, can you leave a rating on your podcast app? It really helps other people find the show. And a whole bunch of people have left a lot of ratings, five stars even. I really, really reached for the stars
1: there. You did it. Thank you. You accomplished it. You grasped all the stars that you can grasp on your podcast app. Sometimes,
0: Sometimes people ask how they can support the show, Jameson. What do you tell them?
1: I tell them to check out our Patreon. I tell them to just tweet about it and share it with people. And I tell them to do what you said, to leave ratings. Cool.
0: All right, well, thanks everybody.
1: Yep, see you next week.